0: Welcome to the That's Good Sports podcast. Uh, we have special guest Jake Plummer here today, um, which makes my name and Will's name irrelevant. Exactly. Howard Stern got Tom Brady. Well, we won up Howard Stern yet again by landing Jake Plummer, the first quarterback to beat Tom Brady in the playoffs. So, uh, sorry, Howard. I know we keep stealing your thunder, uh, but Jake, thanks he was for coming. too you're you're doing Plus. well and and before this podcast even started uh, Jake made sure Will and I were doing well asked how everything was going cuz shit's crazy right now so uh, just know he's a good person before we even we even try to stump him with some some tough questions later in thank and you get mm-hmm. him going oh yeah thank we're throwing hard thank you,
1: you. <laughs> I'm, I'm ready. ready for anything you got man <laughs> you know this social isolation thing you know you don't get to see a lot of people and so uh Doing this is the way we interact with strangers now. or not strangers, but people that don't live right around me. And yeah, uh, yeah it's good to do it. Uh, it's good to see faces and people looking like they're enjoying or getting through, not enjoying, but getting through this <laughs> with some enjoyment in their lives. Because if it's not, if there's not something you enjoy, times can get really, really heavy. So it's heavy times. So do what you enjoy, but uh, send out love and hope and prayers to everybody. Hope everybody's safe and healthy.
0: Yeah. I think that's the big thing right now. Everybody's just kind of taking it day by day and hoping like we can get back to normal at some point. And, uh, you know, that's like the thing Will and I have talked about several times here is like with our work being, you know, on YouTube and podcasting, we've been minimally affected so far. And like, before it's like what we're doing is like such an underdog thing where we're like just scraping by all the time, and now we're in like a very fortunate and lucky spot because not a lot has changed for us. And who knows, you know, in a month or two, if I'm like, well, it's all over. There are no more sponsors for shows or whatever. But
2: reports have ended I officially. Not.
0: Yeah, uh, but let's first. I want to talk a little bit with the the draft coming up. Uh, you know, in two oh, weeks that's right if I mean they they're saying they're gonna do it basically like this
1: <laughs> um,
0: but I, I wanted to get your thoughts on who you think maybe the Broncos should take at fifteen, if you've been paying attention, if not, just say "I don't know, and we'll move on, but, yeah, but you know
1: okay. <laughs> at, with their pick, um I gotta think back to when I was in like at the eighties, okay, like early eighties when I was probably eight, nine, ten years old uh you know, I had these dreams and visions of one day when everybody would be talking to each other on screens, you know, like when they'd come into those buildings and there'd be that uh, virtual secretary to meet them in these futuristic sci-fi movies. Right. Um, and now we're doing it. It's like we're on a screen talking to you. Like I can see you. I know I can see your smiles. I can see like where you live kind of, but I don't know you real well, but I'm going to get to know right. you eventually. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll meet up and like you're good, seem like a good guy, but we can't like give a dap or a hug or like a what's up. It's really a strange world. So who are the Broncos going to take at 15? I have no idea. (laughs) I haven't read one thing about it. Take that – take uh, the best defensive, most fast, fierce, biggest, fastest defensive guy you can find because you're going to need someone that can fly around. You want to beat Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, Kyler Murray. Good luck if you're going to draft some lead-footed, bulging – bulk of a meathead. Go get the most athletic <laughs> flying around, whatever he is, if he's a quarterback, if he's a center, if he's a linebacker, if he's Bob Miller's, you know, replacement, get that guy. Find most him, athletic, whatever he is. Most athletic guy available is where the most heading. freakish yes. athletic guy you can find. And then you know if he's tough or not, good luck. Hopefully he'll be tough. Come down and, here and yeah. play the game.
2: And if that guy's off the board, um what I thought you were gonna answer, Brandon Ayuk, wide receiver out of Arizona State. Hey, man, if there he's yeah. up
1: that high, has he moved up that high on the boards? They love him. He gets he goes higher every day, I think. Dude, he's, he's got, like, I mean, as a, as a kid and as qualities you would want your child to have, for real. Like, I've, obviously, I never walked with him through campus or into a party in a dorm room or whatever. I mean, he's a kid. He's in college. I'm sure he had his fun. The, but he represents and comes often from people I talk to in the building at ASU. A solid, solid young man, like straight up, like the kind of guy you want to have on your team. And he's got mad skills. I think he's just barely, just barely scratching the surface of what his abilities could be. I think he could be a punt returner, kick returner, receiver, slash running back, put him in – give him the ball at quarterback, man. Let him go just ch- – keep changing the NFL. Let's keep bringing, bringing in Taysom Hill types, but even less bulky and like want to run you over <laughs> more athletics – uh, you know sinewy uh, adaptive because the game's got to get smaller and more more lean you can't keep getting bigger and bulkier and meatier because everyone's going to think back and about what three years ago we were all talking about the brain but you seem to have forgotten that so yeah <laughs> whatever I just said there <laughs> Right.
0: Well, like when, when you're watching like the NFL now like when you went from the Cardinals to the Broncos. A big sort of thing was like, oh, Plumber's going to be a great fit for what they do offensively there. And it feels like your skill set is being so much more like embraced now by NFL offensive coaches and how they're, it feels like they're building their schemes around maybe some of the more athletic quarterbacks. Like, do you, if you had a chance to be playing like right now, where would you want to play? And do you think like maybe it, it's the NFL's tooled a little bit more to your your skill set.
1: You know, the game evolves. I mean, I look. I, I, I'm going to do a. Uh, we have a podcast I'm doing with a buddy who haven't launched it yet, but I've got Drew Bledsoe coming on. And there was a couple games early in his career where he threw, you know, 69. I think he's tied with Golf 65 attempts. Wow. Yeah, against the so, Vikings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean. We're saying like, wow, this now this throwing game, and then oh, you got to be these mobile guys. Well, who, don't forget about Doug Flutie and Michael Vick and Randall Cunningham. And there's been athletic quarterbacks. It's just the the game has changed to where now so much more training is going on on the other side of the ball. Right. Or these position, these positions that used to just be like damn near like uh, you know the medians between freeways that could move. You know, they were just blocks that were stopping the downhill run and put your athletes on the perimeter. Well now it's changed because how can you tell me some of these linebackers have played when I was playing, how what would they do when Kyler Murray came up to them if they were big and bulky like that? He'd make them look stupid. He's still making these athletes look like idiots. So uh, or you know, like they never learned how to tackle. So the you know, getting the game slimmed down those athletic players is huge. And I think with quarterbacks, thank you for, for saying that because as any ego Driven, you know, competitor like myself that was a quarterback, I still have an ego. And when you say that, of course, you know, this game is 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 morphing into what would be a dream type game for me, where you could have a mix of everything. Right. And just if you're feeling it, coach, I'm feeling it. Let's go five wide, spread these bitches out, let me shred them. They cannot stop us. Right. Then you could do it because you have the personnel and you have the coach that's willing to push his players, prepare his players. And that's really the hard part is preparing them because you want to give them all this, but you also, you know, you hope they can learn it. And, uh, you know, it's a great segue if you guys are ready for that. Yeah. Into it. <laughs> no, it's, it's, like,
0: it's like you're a natural nice. at that. But, yeah, so what, tell everybody, like, what you're working on. And in doing so, like, because it – uh, on the website it said you played for five different you know offensive coordinators so maybe I can set this up so it looks like I know what I'm doing uh, which of those offenses was the hardest for you to sort of like learn and wrap your head around and like how would what you're doing uh, help you sort of uh, maybe grasp that more quickly
1: yeah well said was that like good a good question. way to set that up yes of good job, course right. yeah, you know, so good that's it. It's five offensive coordinators that all kind of run similar stuff. Um, obviously, some have different, different formations or different uh, amounts of runs and maybe are more run-oriented rather than pass. But most of what I played in was the West Coast offense. So, West Coast offenses, as most people, some people know, they're very wordy because you're, you're saying a concept like flank or drive, but you're putting everybody in a position where we can run flank or drive. It may be the Z is running the drive, one one combination, and then the F is, and then your Y is, and then your T is, and your X is. And so you can see where I'm going with this. you got to know everything. And and uh, for me, that was the hardest. When I got here to Denver, it was just almost every year I, I had to – day one, day two, day three, about day four, things started getting murky for me every year. I didn't have a phot- photographic memory. So – I spent a lot of time drawing out routes by hand because I was very tactile. I needed to draw. I needed to have that transmission from my head to my hand and out the pencil. And that's how I did it. And then watch film and do over and over and over. And we've tried to just make that more efficient. Uh, Utilize every learning style out there, tactile, auditory, visual, uh, you know, competitive learning when you're doing it around your friends, see who gets the best score. And we created a drawing tool that's above and beyond any out there to create playbooks for coaches to send to their players so they can study them. And then on the back end, auto-generated tests will be sent back to the coach, the results of how much your players are retaining. And you'll know like, all right, time to push them or, Oh, wait, we better pull this back. Coach They're They're all getting like 70%. We're doing some, we're not coaching right. And it's going to help the game. It'll help players excel. It'll help them have more fun, less, less um, coaches, you know, God damn, and hitting them on the head. You know, my coach in high school, like, God damn, no more peewees. And we're like, what's a peewee? And we like, we can't beat ourselves. So we'd laugh, you know. I mean, that was one of those things. You'd get fired nowadays in, the, in this <laughs> environment we live in for that statement. But, uh, yeah, you know, you, you got to know what to do. And it changes every year. And you bring in new players. So we're trying to help the game. We're trying to help the trickle down of the Peyton Manning effect of the knowledge that you need to play that's now slid all the way down to eight – year old kids that are standing in shotgun reading if the safety's one or two and if I got two safeties he's hooked and if it's one safety's going like that's unfair to this eight-year-old it's really going to make him hate the game or he's going to be one of those rare dudes that gets it so we want to help them all just try to have a better time so that's really what we're doing and and it's a remote learning tool so right now we're getting a lot of people interested a lot of um, coaches are calling us finally calling us back Saying, hey, we want to look into this because our kids are all at home and we need to test them and know what they know because I think we're gonna get back to football, but you know, who knows when that will be. But your players will be prepared if they have our stuff in ready list sports for sure. Yeah, now
2: now is definitely the time to get in. Yeah, they can we
1: you know, you don't want to profiteer in times of of you know this kind of peril, not just in a town where there's a flood or a tornado. I mean the whole world right now, but but if we can help smooth the transition out of this. And, and, you know, we're not gouging people with the price. We want to get it in your hands so you can like less stress, right. Less dealing with things. And right now, you know, football isn't important, but people are at home with some time on their hands, uh, maybe a little bit extra to check it out.
0: Right. And so you're, you're trying to get this in front of uh, coaches. And um, is, is that kind of who you're targeting right now for, like yeah. for people who might be watching this show, it's like if it's somebody's a high school football coach or a, a pee wee league football coach. This is really for anybody kind of in the coaching industry trying to teach their yeah. their athletes like different parts of the game, how to play the game.
1: Maybe some guy at home who's like, "Man, I've always wanted to coach, but I just don't know what my offense would be." Is listens to your podcast and goes, yeah. "Dude, 150 bucks I could buy for six months this program and like." build my own playbook and then you know like could be that guy too we don't know we're we're definitely targeting you know NFL for the splash we've got a couple teams that have used it already and and the Cardinals used it last year uh you know Kyler loved it was on it so you know we haven't made big splashes with that yet because of some limitations and restrictions that were put down when the deal was done but for us we're just on the cusp man and uh like I said we want to help these these coaches and It'd be for the mom that gets volunteered to be the coach now because dad doesn't have time after this to coach the team so now mom has to fill in she's like what do i run hey go to ready list sports it's a preloaded playbook with about 300 plays in there for 11 on 11 down to four on four everything's built for you just send the plays out to your team the defenses and they'll test it and you can call it and maybe make it a better enjoyable more t- good time for the family and the kids
0: that's awesome
2: yeah it's a great it's a great idea
1: Thank you. That's right. not my idea. It's Chad Freehouse. And you guys know probably who Chad was Colorado School of Mines, Harlan Hill trophy winner, quarterback from Brush, Colorado. Oh, nice. He's my he's the brainchild, man. He's the he's the genius. I just uh know people and uh, have the respect, I guess, to, to have him call me back once in a while. Nice.
0: <laughs> the pretty uh, face, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you about is with – did you pay much attention to the new
1: CBA? You know, uh, a little bit, but not as much as I probably should have.
0: Well, I was going to ask you, if you were playing today with the legal weed, how much weed would you smoke during the season?
1: (laughs) You know, uh, it was – I I wouldn't. I wouldn't until after, you know, because for me, I I never wanted to have any – excuse that could be made that would would that de- you know take away or uh, be a detriment or, or any in any way cause someone to say oh he wasn't you know doing what he said he, he did and I right. was always 100% there and, and putting in the effort not to say that in this environment that I wouldn't try it and see and if it helped on you know Thursday night to get to sleep because I just spent the day from you know 5:30 in the morning till 12 at night basically having plays run through my head and then Shanahan would change it uh, at three o'clock in the (laughs) afternoon and we'd have to relearn the entire thing and it's like yeah you know so well I mean you're stressed out I'm grinding my teeth at night I'm breathing like in my sleep and I'm you know I'm I'm having having bad symptoms not resting you know and if I could have helped myself be wake up and be ready to go and have that extra little bit and you know hell yeah I would have looked into it especially to get off of uh anti-inflammatories that caused me to have mud butt and break out on my back and feel kind of like I had to just take a shit all the time. It sucked.
0: Yeah, and when you were playing, like, that that's before, like, anybody was even talking about, like, Toradol as a bad thing, right? It was just –
1: Oh, man, it was was just like like, like, walk up and just walk through the locker room, go to the spot, pull your butt (laughs) cheek down, bam.
0: Yeah, it's – I mean, in, in, like, we joke about – Poor you know, like man. I was like trying to be a little bit funny, like with that question, like how much would you smoke weed? But it's like we know more about it now and what benefits it does sort of provide or can provide or even with CBD. But to your point, like I'm the type of person who would want that as my excuse if I screwed up. You're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> it
1: was you know? it
0: was actually the weed is why I made a lot of mistakes. I right threw that day.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you know the thing that's funny is I knew. I mean there were numerous guys I well, yeah. were, and I didn't care. It's just for me that's just how I handled it. I just felt. I mean throughout all my career, I, I I would have a beer maybe on a Friday night at an event, but I wasn't sitting at home getting drunk ever. Until maybe after the games, I would I'd drink some beers to help get to sleep. And as my career went on, you know, it, you know there was some use of cannabis to help with easing the stress. And if anybody thinks, oh, man, I can't root for plumber anymore, then good, don't root for me because I was allowing myself to continue to go out there and bust ass for you yeah. fans and the players and my teammates and lay shit down in a hardcore way that my guys knew I was coming to play no matter what. So I had my remedies, and that's what I did. So I think now it's a great question. And, you know, I would for sure have been taking CBD like a, like crazy all the time it would have been like intravenous after a game shoot (laughs) me up with that stuff because it's magical and uh hopefully that will help prolong some of these guys not only careers but careers but safeguard their post careers a little bit more and uh nfl might not even know that allowing some of this stuff they did in the cba might have just saved the entire nfl from sure death that was happening and going to occur you know or become a real weird game like you know a sci-fi movie that we saw in the 80s man you know or only the fittest, strongest, baddest ass, desperate mofos in the world were playing You know,
2: rollerball is that what it yeah, is? Yeah,
1: I don't know. Yeah, man, good call. <laughs> Great. It sounds
2: call. like a rollerball scene. Um, <laughs> if that's an option for you, because you play, you played a full career. You played ten years. That's a long time to play in the league. But you, there's still kind of um, the thought that you know you, you retired kind of. I don't want to say early, but you know, you you know you left probably a few years on the field of, of really good play. Do you think if that's an option for you, you last a little longer, you go a few more years?
1: Um, that as an option and being able to opt out of Arizona after year three and go to Denver would have kept my career <laughs> alive a little longer. Uh, no offense to the Cardinals, they, they gave me a lot of <laughs> chances and it was a great six years. But when the reality sets in post career and you see guys like land on certain teams and win Super Bowls, you're like, man, okay, bad luck. Uh, Yeah, you know, I I think it would have. I think that the the hemp oils for sure, um, and whether or not I was smoking marijuana or using THC and, you know, microdosing that alongside, not getting high but just using enough to benefit from all of its medicinal properties. Uh, I can tell you right now that my my knees feel better than they did when I retired and better than they did five, six years even after. And the real thing that happened for me was to get active again and to cut to have the the sense of mind that my what it was bothering what bothering me wasn't necessarily maybe the, all the injuries but maybe my diet and just not that I was unhealthy but I would drink beers every night a few beers a couple beers um, ate a lot of sugar snacked a lot and then I, I kind of cut all that out and I, I dropped some pounds and now that helps a lot I feel way better I can run jump do a lot of fun stuff still so yeah I left some years on the league but I bought myself a lot more valuable years post career that will allow me to, man, when I'm 60, I'm going to still be able to bone out if I got to. So the bus doesn't hit me, you know? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um,
0: I think we just have one last question and it's uh, one from Will that he said he, he has always wanted to ask you. Yeah, no, this
2: has been, this has been stirring in my head for a while. Uh, what was it like being the best number 16 quarterback to ever throw a pass to Jerry Rice?
1: Ooh, what? <laughs> uh, well, you know, you're trying to make me feel real good, but uh, I'm a realist too, even though I'm extremely optimistic, because every year at the Cardinals, I thought we had a chance. Uh, you know, thank you for that, but Jerry Rice, that was so amazing, man, to get to throw the ball to him. I don't think I've ever been that nervous in my life throwing the football to that, dude. He ran the first, like, little Oscar five-yard out route that I got the chance to throw to him. And, man, my butthole was so tight, I was just like, don't mess this up. Like, and then I said, man, come on, you're come on. And I dropped back and dropped the dime on him, you know. But every time he nice. get up, of course, you know, I mean, I'm wearing 16. Montana was, like, guy I loved and I'd been compared to. You're betting your ass I was trying to put that thing on a dime right where he didn't have to do shit, but just like, bop. Yeah, you know, that's great. It to a few bad throws, but it was cool to get the throw to him, and he was a class act, man. He stood up and basically said, I'm not going to take some young kid's spot. I've done my thing. I'm going to step away and called the team up and told us all that. And What, what an amazing, I mean, phenomenal dude just worked his ass off. And you can see why. You know, he'd go in and work out right after practice. Thirty minutes, he wouldn't stop. Just bam, do almost everything in the weight room, and you look. Oh, take me an hour and a half to do what he did in thirty minutes. So efficient, disciplined, <laughs> badass dude. But thank you. Uh, I think he thinks that too. The best number sixteen pass he ever got <laughs> yeah. was from me. Right, exactly. <laughs> That's, it. That's what I thought. What, <laughs>
0: and that was like year what, like eight or nine for you in the
1: season or in your career. Uh, I think that was year. You're nine maybe before you're nine. nine yeah so nine years
0: in the nfl and you still get the the jitters to throw to jerry rice that's pretty cool yeah man i had the jitters
1: meeting randall cunningham after minnesota beat us in the playoffs now i get to go oh, out wow. there and slap <laughs> do dap with that randall man i watched that was my favorite qb growing up i mean that awesome to watch him play so yeah man i'm I'm still a fan and a little kid at heart when I get around a lot of these guys because uh, I can remember, you know, how they made me feel as a kid, and that's why sports are so good. And I'm sure a lot of people miss sports right now, but yeah. go out and play some games. Go out and play sports. If you've got kids, go out and play some games with them. Go invent some games. Go get creative. Go work your ball skills against the side of the wall, you know. You don't have to have football on to, to, to you know, to live. <laughs>
0: yeah I know exactly
1: kind of nice not hearing mel kiper all the time and <laughs> sean mcshay and blah blah this guy here this is my draft board what's different from yours dude you know why because i don't know because i think too much but
2: yeah. yeah people have too much
0: time on their hands
2: a <laughs> little less mock drafts <laughs>
0: uh, well thanks for joining us today jake yeah. uh appreciate you having on having you on uh ready list sports is what everybody should check out right
1: yeah. readylistsports.com, And you guys, thank you. Reach out again, man. If you need another, you know, more questions you want to ask or whatever I'm like I said, I'm, I'm awesome. working getting all my stuff done, but I'm available to get out and, uh, you guys got a good show you make me laugh a lot you guys, no I so. appreciate that appreciate it
0: yeah now's not a good time for people to say uh they don't have the time to do something like this yeah yeah we're all busy here. it's
1: kind of actually mean to reach out right now and be like hey man you want to get on my podcast you said reach out like damn how can I tell them no <laughs> Oh, things? what am I gonna it's say <laughs> I gotta take an excuse quick uh, the isolation the quarantine uh, we're doing quarantine clinics online so that's what I'm calling in the quarantine clinics, football clinics for <laughs> the coaches. So Put everyone's staying in touch. So guys, peace. Everyone be safe and healthy, and uh, hopefully you find some happiness. And thanks for having me on the show today, guys.
0: Thank, Thank you. Yeah, Appreciate anytime. it. Okay. Wow. 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 Jake Plummer joined us, and probably the biggest interview we've ever done. Uh, neither of us were worried or nervous.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, I mean, Adam sorry. Frank.
2: Probably oh, still first
0: yeah we'll, we'll we'll rank Adam ahead of Jake Plummer uh, just because Adam's done it twice now, and I've never talked shit about Jake Plummer, yeah So uh well, if
2: Adam is listening to this podcast, adam you're the first you're the first and the best guest um, if Jake is listening to the rest of this podcast, obviously it's Jake Plummer
0: yeah, it was definitely Jake. Uh, he's funnier than Adam. Uh, he can throw better than Adam. Better
2: at football, presumably. I've never seen Adam Rank throw football, so. I've learned the best way to get Adam Rank
0: back on the show is to oh, take sure. some more jabs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, actually, I, we should reach out to him because uh, I would like to talk about Nick Foles to the Bears with him. True. Sure. Talk a lot about the Bears with the rankster. Yeah. All right. Well, for the rest of the, the podcast, um, we have Chris Johnson, who we're going to discuss, yep. uh, being accused of a murder plot for hire uh, c- scenario. He's denied it. Um, I would hope so. We, yeah, we need more, more info to come out there, but it definitely is something that happened today. Um, the Rams owe Clay Matthews, Todd Gurley money, And uh, Sports Talk Barry is killing Twitter right now with fake sports reports that people are believing. And uh, also, I just saw this, but Terry Bradshaw claims Tom Brady is not the best ever. Not even close. He said Dan Fouts was a better quarterback than Tom Brady, uh, which. Why are you laughing? Makes me. No, I mean, I, I would get – because I would get behind that argument. <laughs> I would get behind – it's like Dan Fouts is probably my least favorite football announcer. Uh, kind of a love-hate with, with Dan Fouts. But I would support Dan Fouts as a better quarterback than Tom Brady out of p- principle.
2: Didn't uh, Fouts throw like four interceptions to the same guy in one playoff game?
0: I don't, Probably. The Fal- I mean, Fouts was a good quarterback. He's just such a funny guy to reference. Yes, like, what the fuck?
2: Just- I, think, I don't think Bradshaw's, like, really actually paid attention to football since, like, 1983,
0: so. No, like, it was a TMZ article, and, like, the first quarterback he referenced was, like, Roger Staubach is being better than Tom Brady. <laughs> so,
2: it's just pretty funny. Listen, if you get, uh, if you get into – throwing competition with Otto Graham and Tom Brady, I'm taking Otto 10 times out of 10.
1: <laughs> yeah. Slinging, I would Slinging Sammy Baugh. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Listen, slinging Sammy Baugh was an all-pro at two positions. Tom Brady only an all-pro at
0: one. Look, Bronco Nagurski, if he just committed to playing quarterback, could have been better than Tom Brady. He could run that Patriots offense. Uh, it's just, I mean – it's just funny because, look, I get it. Tom Brady's the best quarterback at winning Super Bowls. You can't really dispute that because he has the most. Um, but what the thing that bothers me now is, it doesn't matter what you're watching when they talk about Tom Brady, they have to throw in the, the greatest goat. quarterback of all time. Yeah, so, like that's not part of his name. And if you're talking about something like mundane in, in ref, like if it's not a conversation about who you think is the best quarterback to ever do it, you don't need to say that every time you talk about Tom Brady. That's just my new, my pet peeve.
2: No, I totally agree with you. And I've been noticing that more and more. And like, um, <laughs> I mean, you never know, like a couple of bad years in Tampa, suddenly, suddenly. people don't call him that anymore. It really, be really a shame, wouldn't it? And we've yet to listen to the, Howard Stern interview aside from like the, the really newsworthy clips. Right. I listened to it a little bit here and there. Um, I'm really surprised that he did that. Cause I don't think he's really ever done anything like that. And it's not a coincidence that as soon as he, uh, you know, That's signs new the England. new team and leaves <laughs> new England, he's doing these more salacious long form interviews. I mean, he might come on to our show pretty soon. Now that, uh, He's a competitive guy, you know. We tell him we got the the we first got, guy to ever yeah. beat him in the playoffs. Right, we so got his kryptonite. Come on, really? Seriously, What was Jake Plummer like four and and0 against Brady? At so least good.
0: He was so good. Yeah. Um,
2: <laughs> I think we should. I think that's our new. Uh, that's our new angle. Is we is we get every quarterback to ever beat. Tom Brady in a Super Bowl or on the podcast game, on the show. Yeah. So we got to get, uh, you got to
0: get Peyton Manning, Eli Manning.
2: Eli Actually, Manning. Once we
0: get one, getting the other yeah. will be easy. We can knock them all out at once. Who knows?
2: Nick Foles. Um, Nick Foles, Mark Sanchez. Mark Sanchez. Sanchez will do it, I'm sure. Uh, Ryan Tannehill. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Most recently. Yeah. Uh, Joe Flacco. Flacco. is that it that might be it yeah when
0: Flocking you put it, when you look at it that way it's impressive um but what, what what we need to get all of them to talk about is how easy it was to beat him yeah so yeah i really didn't try that hard wasn't it <laughs> i mean come on come on i
2: rex ryan yeah. was
0: my head coach I did it. I was, yeah, I was
2: asking to get pulled out of the game in
0: the third quarter. <laughs> um, what I wanted to bring up, with since we're talking about quarterbacks, is, okay, Sports Talk Barry, who has – I don't <laughs> even know how many Twitter accounts, but his fake – he is now president of Fake Sports Center. But he, he made an article uh, that Colin Kaepernick signed with the New York Jets, I think he did another one that Cam Newton signed with the Patriots. And I believe both of them got at least momentarily picked up by other legit Twitter accounts. And it's funny if you know that account.
2: um, Which we both do and have for uh, some
0: time. Uh, And we've talked about before because they keep getting suspended too, right?
2: Yeah, it's it's basically a game of whack-a-mole with his Twitter yeah, account. he just makes
0: a new one. And just, he
2: has one ready before <laughs> the current one gets suspended.
0: Yeah. I think he's got a YouTube channel, too, because he, he dropped, like uh, – He does. He's very anti-Tom Brady, which is why I probably, you know, followed him. But he dropped, like, a John Elway video. It was, like, right. John Elway – all of John Elway's rocket passes. And it's just, like, a tw- – I, I ten minutes or twenty minutes—I don't remember how long it was. Just pass after pass of Elway firing lasers, and then he did with Peyton Manning. Um, both of those were pretty cool. So
2: I thought he was like anti-Elway. No, he—he like he used to. I know he at one point Maybe. one of his big takes was that Elway was like one of the most overrated quarterbacks of all time, oh. which is like a strong um, take for someone who wasn't old enough to watch yeah. him play live. Yeah. If you didn't watch Elway play, doesn't have access to most of his games. Just like has yeah. Pro Football Reference.
0: Yeah, when when people compare like Patrick Mahomes to John Elway, that's like a fair representation of how how much Patrick Mahomes has has to go before he's elite. Correct. But he's on the way. Uh, sure. Just, I mean, just, just watch the old tape, and you're like, "Well, Patrick Mahomes can get there, one day, maybe. One day, yeah. I no, mean, but t- the, 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 I think it's like when you watch, just watch a bunch of Elway throws, and you get you have an appreciation for arm strength, like, yeah, and not just like velocity, but like no, it's, where he was on the field
2: to yeah. like other spots on the field, like oh, roll all the way to the left, throw it all the way to the right, 50 right. yards." Oh, no one's ever done that before, especially back then. Like now it's kind of commonplace for quarterbacks to like (laughs) practice throwing off platform and like at weird arm angles. But before then, like who was like the strongest arm quarterback people talked about? Like probably the guy we mentioned earlier, Terry Bradshaw was kind of the guy with the the strong arm who was going deep in Super Bowls. And no man, no one had ever seen anything. He was, he was a specimen. He was essentially a specimen.
0: Yeah. And I mean, that's kind of one of the points that plumber brought up that was interesting, like quarterbacks and, you know, at, they, they do so much more tr- like training kind of now, like to prepare for those sort of things. Yeah. Like the, the way they, I mean, I saw this app the other day advertised for like teaching kids how to dribble basketballs and it's like, you put it your iPad and the iPad follows the basketball and you just move the basketball to match like what's going on in the iPad to like train Kids to drink and like these kids were like nine and they're just I'm like dang like that shit is crazy.
2: No, it's strange. we're we're so like like the hyper training of athletes is absurd these days, and between that and just like advancements and fitness and nutrition, yeah. Like anyone who doesn't think that an athlete from 2020 could could go. Uh, you know, dominate like the, a guy like on the fringe of the roster in the year 2020 could go be, you know, the unanimous NFL MVP in like 1978.
0: Yeah, it's it's like there's like that nostalgic sort of stigma that everything was tougher and harder back then, and athletes were oh my god, got <laughs> <Get> a visitor <laughs> that creeped me out for a second. <laughs> um. That, like, modern athletes couldn't play back then, but they they could. <laughs> like, some oh, yeah. of the rules were a little more violent, and that might take a little bit – like, getting your head slapped if you're a, a left tackle by a defensive lineman, it might take a while to get used to that.
2: Oh, yeah, but, like, imagine, like, Deacon Jones trying to head slap Quentin Nelson and Quentin Nelson just grabbing his hand and, and just throwing him onto the other side of the field.
0: Yeah, like the, the linemen who've been practicing like martial yeah. arts hand fighting so they yeah. know how to combat that stuff. Like a head slap gets <laughs> – I don't know. It would be fun to watch. Aaron, yeah, Aaron Donald
2: giving uh, John Hanna a, twitty, a titty twister on the way to his 10th sack of the game.
0: <laughs> yeah. Double titty twister. Double titty. Okay, so – Dreaded triple teddy twister, triple nipple. 2,000-yard running back, Chris Johnson, Will, is being accused of a murder-for-hire plot. I'm going to read the – because TMZ was the first to to report it. Uh, I'm just going to read what what they wrote, and then we'll discuss. Long story short, officials believe CJ2K rewarded a gang member with cash after the guy allegedly killed two men – who were suspected of gunning down Johnson's friend in 2015. Here's the backstory. Johnson nearly died in a shooting in Orlando, Florida, back on March 8, 2015, when Orange County Sheriff officials say someone opened fire on a Jeep that Chris was in at around 4 a.m. Johnson suffered a bullet wound to his shoulder, which they have a picture of on TMZ, he made a full recovery, but the driver of the vehicle, his friend, uh, Drickius Johnson did not survive the attack. So, obviously, like this is one of those things we're going to have to wait for more information to come out because those are pretty serious charges. Uh, It seems like there's something there, uh, but I don't know. (laughs) What did you think when you saw that today?
2: Yeah, no, I immediately went to – it's gonna make a really, really good Netflix series <laughs> right. in about three years.
0: Right, and you found you found the the best uh, audio clip of Chris Johnson scoring a touchdown. Yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, I, oh, I just I, a long my, run. my mind immediately went to uh, yeah, Gus Johnson with his classic call. Uh, he's got get away from the cop speed. It what, was like it was funny because like even back then people were like oh that's problematic and this is like 2010 2009 2010. And right, I was gonna ask you like, like was nine. that
0: was that a big story back then? Like, I guess I so, but that. like
2: the NFL put it in. Um, they put it in uh, like a clip package of Gus Johnson's best calls like a year ago. So. He's got to get
0: away from the cops but Jesus God Christ
2: I mean if Gus Johnson had been white probably wouldn't have gone very well <laughs> um, safe to say uh, so yeah who, who and,
0: and, and that's who you wrote in to uh, narrate my sex tape right
2: yes oh <laughs> <laughs> you gotta get someone to spice it up a little bit down the sideline
0: yeah, I I I thought Chris Collinsworth would be a natural for that as well. Uh but I I mean obviously we I hope this story is not true about Chris Johnson. Uh yeah. mainly because I believe murder paying people to murder other people people isn't good. Explain. That's my stance. Okay. Well well here's the thing, Will. What's your opening argument? If you have more murders, it is worse than if you have less
2: interesting that's my i've never really thought about that way yeah okay um important to note that uh sorry i need to shower if (laughs) if someone attempts to murder you and fails you know what's like the window because like if someone attempts to murder you and fails and like in self-defense you kill them that's yeah. like protected in some States. That's, you know, I don't Yeah, That's interesting.
0: Like what he
2: just happened to like, take his time here.
0: <laughs> so his biggest crime was taking too much time to retaliate. His
2: biggest time was he procrastinated. That's just crazy. Like,
0: I forgot that he got shot, too.
2: I did, too, yeah, and then, like, played for the Cardinals later that
0: year and was really good. <laughs> yeah, he had, like, a resurgence, It was yeah. and it was fun to watch. Like, I was – I don't know. Like, he was a player I always really liked watching. Because, uh, I don't know, he was just, like, a different running back Yeah. He, he was just so fast, so damn fast.
2: Definitely the most random player to run for 2,000 yards, yeah. though, I think. Who I see? remember, like, not it not really like resonating at the time.
0: I was like,
2: like I didn't know that he was even close to two thousand until he broke two thousand.
0: I'm well. I guess who who's who would be more random? Him or Jamal? Was it Jamal Williams?
2: Jamal Lewis. Lewis. Uh,
0: yeah. God. He ran for. I think he might have
2: like. No, we got um, OJ. Obviously, I think is the least random.
0: Yeah, Jamal Lewis had two thousand sixty six yards in two thousand three and then his next best season thirteen hundred six well his first three seasons he was a fucking beast playing thirteen hundred they'd have, playing, uh, they'd have him playing
2: nose tackle these days <laughs> they'd have jamal lewis play nose tackle yeah. <laughs> <laughs> probably got like uh yeah two thousand sixty six rushing yards, and, like, 12 receiving yards.
0: <laughs> well, um, so this is crazy then, but O.J. Simpson, 2,000 yards, 14-game season, right, legendary. If Chris Johnson, if it turns out he is guilty of this, yeah, and two of your – let's see, O.J. did it, Terrell, O.J. Barry, he did do it. <laughs> yeah, O.J., Terrell, Barry, Lewis, Johnson. Those are the five. and Adrian, Adrian Peterson. Peterson. Yeah, was the last one to do it. Half of those guys have done, or you could argue, have done some pretty shitty things.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, AP. Um,
0: what the fuck? That's crazy. What if, that is yeah, a weird. That is, oh, man, I want to get Larry Johnson to talk about what kind of <laughs> devil Illuminati connection being a 2,000-yard rusher. I think
2: when you're that fast, you respect the law. A lot less than the normal person because you you literally have getting away from the cops speed. Like, worst mm-hmm. comes the worst. Oh, what are you gonna do? Uh, chase me down? I don't think so. Yeah, you're not worried. Ran about. for two thousand yards against elite athletes.
0: It's crazy. OJ, the way OJ did it too is probably one of the most impressive single season performances that will ever happen by a running. Yeah. Pick. Yeah, fourteen games uh, with like a pretty shitty team. Yeah. It's just like crazy. Joe Ferguson as his quarterback. And today we get to hear him rant about his golf course getting shut down. Yes, this
2: is the – yeah, OJ Simpson,
0: the real oh. victim
2: of all of this.
0: I go back and forth on how much I hate and love the internet every time I listen to an OJ Simpson thing. That's the thing is, like, if without the context,
2: OJ would be held up as, like, one of – the most wholesome, like genuine people on the internet.
0: Yeah, no, it, it,
2: his like, takes he had aren't no dead. idea of anything that happened 20 years ago.
0: Yeah, if he didn't kill somebody, then uh, the years ago. his point of view on sports-related issues, he puts some thought into and <laughs> tries not to be reactionary.
2: Yeah, you're like, oh, look at this like, cute old man. He used to play football. Used to be in all those movies. Almost, almost played the Terminator. Hmm. We should do.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. Was that true? That's true. Wow. Oh man, what a different world we'd be living in if that happened.
2: (laughs) Who knows? Who knows? Like James Cameron could have changed the world. Coulda. Had he not cast Arnold in that movie and just gone with his original choice, OJ. Wow, that's crazy. I like to picture OJ like doing Arnold Schwarzenegger's voice, though.
0: OJ doing an an Arnold impression for all of Terminator. Hello, Skynet
2: Twitter world, yours (laughs) truly. It's yours truly, and I'll be back with
0: weapons. Uh, (laughs) Come with me if you want to live. <laughs> Things that are not true, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Things that have yeah, freezing cold takes. Um, have we have we talked about the Rams logo on here or just done episodes? I can't. I know we've done that.
2: episodes. Um, I mean we can. Well, it's just we interesting. Say that it really sucks.
0: Yeah, we're we're not supporters not really. of the logo, uh, and we talked about it in the episode this week. Though that the Rams acknowledged that the fans hate the logo. They did this mean tweets thing. And then they also said they're going to do nothing about it; that they're sticking right. with it. Yeah. And now it's Good coming DR. out that they're late on paying Clay Matthews and Todd Gurley. Um, they're also three billion over budget on their stadium. <laughs> it might not open on time. It mo- still might not. It's already late. Opening
2: might not open on time. You're gonna have hard knocks there to capture all the dysfunction.
0: Yeah, two team hard knocks: Chargers, Rams. And the Raiders in Las Vegas seem to be outshining them every way possible in terms of stadium looking pretty awesome. Yeah, being complete on time, overselling their projected uh, ticket sales.
2: Um, Mark Davis of all people donated like eighty-five percent of his net worth. <laughs> yeah, the Mark COVID-19 Davis, virus.
0: huge donation for the yeah. most poor owner in the league. <laughs> Um, After donating all of his net worth to
2: P.F. Chang's, he is <laughs> – I can't – we're getting in dangerous territory right there. Um,
0: well, is the P.F. Ch- Chang thing even real with Mark Davis or is that just – No, that's real. One? No, 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 no. no. The, because also it's the Chargers real. Twitter account yeah. also was uh, – would tweet about P.F. Chang's a lot. So I think we need to get to the bottom of that. Yeah, that's some investigate. You have a journalism degree, so why don't you I do yeah. – do make some calls. Once May starts, Will, and we literally have nothing not. to talk about, I want you to get to the bottom yeah. of P.F. Changs and Mark Davis. Uh,
2: my guess, without doing any sort of research, is that it was, like, someone's personal Twitter account, and then they converted it to the team account. Oh. So, like, oh, like, we need a – you know we need a Twitter for the team. This guy's already got you know a few followers. Why don't we just rebrand here? There we go and they didn't delete his old tweets. but we should
0: find that out for sure. We should make a great episode i uh, I like mark davis it's he's like he's a character to make fun of, but in terms of like n f l owners he's so um ambiguous i guess like. He's never really been in. He's, he's so much different, I guess, than Al Davis, who really seemed like an evil sort of guy. Mm-hmm. After, and he he was like, he's basically like Anakin Skywalker turning into Darth Vader because he did so much good, and then he turned into this like evil sort of yeah. figure. It's just Very, weird. Very
2: uh, malevolent, ghostly figure. Yeah, it's just weird.
0: Like yeah. I have no hard feelings towards Mark Davis. No, I don't either. I actually I'll like just him. Just make fun of him too ahead. much.
2: Well, uh, brother, you got to get, get a haircut if you think <laughs> – if you yeah. want us to start stop
0: making fun of you. <laughs> yeah. It's just – it's on. the best look. Uh, yeah, no, okay. So, we've got the, the draft coming in two weeks, Will. <clears throat> I think we we'll do. probably podcast next week talking more about the draft. Should we live stream during the draft? Uh, I thought about that, and I was going to do that, but I think we will be better suited to really focus and pay attention to the draft because I feel like there's going to be a lot of things that could go wrong. That it'll be better if we're just we're writing for that live. Some really
2: just, funny stuff that goes wrong.
0: Yeah, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it'll be super like clean and nothing happens, and it's kind of boring and lame because it's this weird version of the draft. But I feel like some shit's going to – there's going to be some technical issues. Wow. Believe it or not, (laughs) the man tabbed to
2: go number one overall, Joe Burrow, has fallen to number 23 overall where the Patriots have their first selection. Who would have thought something like this could have happened?
0: There's been a weird glitch in the draft (laughs) selection – where you cannot select Joe Burrow. The Patriots have made
2: a three-way trade involving the Cincinnati Bengals and Houston Texans. The Texans give up five feature first-round picks. The Patriots give up a conditional twenty seventh-round pick, and they will assume the number one overall pick in the draft.
0: <laughs> I would almost – I would almost – I think I would want to see Bill Belichick figure out a way – to get Joe Burrow, so I mean if he can do it he he, he deserves him honestly. so he could beat Tom Brady in the Super Bowl damn mm. that one hits what what would you rather see Bill Belichick get like a, a really good quarterback in this draft or him take Jared uh, Stidham to the playoffs I mean
2: Turning Jared Sidham into a playoff quarterback would be really funny.
0: Yeah, I think that's the more Not impressive move. Yeah, I think that helps Belichick more because I'm rooting for I'm rooting for Belichick's success over Tom's uh, because it help it will help me be correct about my evaluation.
2: What happens if they both
0: just like suck from now on? Then we know they needed each other like most cor- coaches and quarterbacks do. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Like, all the other good quarterbacks and coaches needed each other, except for Peyton Manning, who made every coach he played with good. Yeah. Oh. If wanted you, People you forget. coach. God, how impressive that is. Four coaches to the Super Bowl? Get out took of here. Jim
2: Caldwell to the, took two coaches to the Super Bowl their first year. Yeah. Took Jim Caldwell to a Super Bowl.
0: Took John Fox back. Took oh, Gary man. Kubiak. I mean – he took Gary Kubiak to the Super Bowl and he was a broken human.
2: He took yeah, John Fox to the Super Bowl while John Fox had no idea what was going on in the field. He had he was listening to uh to Jimmy Buffett on his head headset on the sideline and if, Peyton's like just get it. To be out of fair, if Peyton was my quarterback,
0: that's all I'd I would just have music pumping into my headphones too. Yeah. <laughs> uh talk to the O. C. Peyton. I'm coaching the defense. <laughs> Actually, Peyton,
2: uh, we're going to have you call defensive plays from now on, too. Honestly, you could make a great
0: defensive coordinator, I bet. Oh, yeah. Oh, did, Peyton Manning would be a great defensive coordinator in the XFL. Yes. Because you can talk to your defense the whole time. Or, I guess, <laughs> offensive coordinator. Like Sean McVay and Jared Goff. Yeah. Um. Okay. I don't have anything more I need to talk about. Uh. What about
2: you, Will? Uh, let's really quickly touch on um, Tua, Tungavailoa. Is uh, it tongue? It to is tongue. There is no N in his name, and yet you pronounce it with an N.
0: That just blows my mind, Beats man. Me.
2: He was like engineered in a factory to get that's, you to fuck up in a that's video. That's wild. Yeah, his name is – so it's not Tagavailoa, It's Tungavailoa. People are going to call him and um, People are just going to call him Tua. I'm going to call yeah. him Tongue, tongue Violin.
0: Tongue, the Tongue Violin. Yeah, a that, sounds like, so, that violin. sounds like a sex act. So most people are trying to get their kids good at sports. When I have a kid one day, I'm going to get him good at Tonguing Violins.
2: Yes. He <laughs> will be and, the Beethoven Yo-Yo, yeah. Yo-Yo
0: Ma. <laughs> Yo-Yo Ma. <laughs> Yo-Yo Ma, uh, you wanted to talk about him. Yeah, Tua. I guess so. Tua, not Yo-Yo Ma. <laughs> we can talk. We'll talk a little Yo-Yo too. Wanna talk about Yanni. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> um. So anyway, Trent Dilfer has said that Tua throws better than Aaron Rodgers and Dan Marino, wow. and is a future Hall of Famer. Um. He, uh, this is tough, man. This is you, tough because we've already seen Tua throw. Yeah. You know, we've seen him play in Alabama for uh, two years. You're high on Tua,
0: assuming he can be healthy.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think he's – I would take Burrow first, but then I would definitely take Tua over Justin Herbert. Um, yeah, I, I think, think most i feel people the same way. Um, I really just don't care for Herbert very much, and that will probably come out in our uh, quarterback, our draft quarterback episode. Coming up soon. Coming out pretty soon. Stay tuned. Yeah. We're the master of segues here. Actually, Jake Plummer did a better segue in his interview than either of us have ever attempted. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's almost like he's already better at at podcasting than, than you and I. Oh,
0: he's been dealing with media his whole life. True. So he knows how to talk to idiots like us and make us look dumb. Yeah, I
2: mean, yes. Like he, he is very experienced with media, but he's he's a very cool. He's a cool dude. But I think I he sees, see. I think he sees you and I as like just like friends, like good pals to pal around with. I think it's fair to say Jake Plummer loves us.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, he didn't confirm. I, I don't it's know. It's fair to say that he had more fun doing this podcast than he's ever had playing football. Anything. Yeah. So, probably I don't um,
2: know. yeah I mean uh, he had a, had a good laugh when I asked him what it's like being the best 16 to throw to Jerry Rice um, Let's and give, he agreed
0: I, I want to give people the backstory on that because uh, so we did the live movie stream last week uh, which was fun was didn't fun. go exactly as we wanted but it was still fun successful enough. yeah and then after the live stream we probably talked for another 20 minutes uh because we were both a little buzzed and you were like you said after that you're like we should get Jake Plummer on the podcast he would be fun to talk to because I've always wanted to ask him that question yeah. <laughs> and then out of nowhere he Jake texted me the next day saying hey uh I want to do your show i've got this uh, thing i'm working on i want to talk about and i was just like holy shit that's so I mean, bizarre yeah. so with that in mind who who would you want next will? well damn and i will wait for them to text me tomorrow to confirm <laughs> if you have the superpower that is
2: uh, a great question that is a great i mean if, if... jake's so
0: hard that's a hard guess to top
2: yeah, no, I don't think like it's gonna be hard to get a cooler guy than that. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, as far as football goes, like it would be cool to have Drew Locke on, I guess. Um, you know, yeah,
0: Locke would be fun.
2: He's, he's chilling. He seems like he he can uh, he can hang with the boys a little bit for sure. Um, yeah. probably not too many can dancers. Like he's pretty authentic. Um, as far as anybody, you know. We've been trying to get John Hamm on the podcast oh, for a gotta while. Gotta get that
0: John Hamm. We gotta mm. get John.
2: For well, yeah, it'd be nice to get Dave Damischak on too, because that's how we get one step closer closer to to Hammy.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, we'll work on that.
2: Yeah, we gotta do it one step at a time. And that's why we think Tua will be a good quarterback. That's why Tua is gonna be a good quarterback because <laughs> John Hamm is coming
0: on the show. All right, thank you guys for listening to this bullshit yet again. Stay safe.